0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. To all my listeners all over the world, I want to start by wishing you a happy new year. You know, it's 2021 and uh, I have already noticed a few changes. We know where I am in Britain. My former colleague and uh, current prime minister and my rival has succeeded in um, getting Britain out of Europe And, you know, there's infighting on Twitter between the Remainers and the Leavers. I genuinely believe that Britain requires a new leader to unify the country. If not, there's likely to be civil war. Uh, I'm not staying behind the wings. I'm not expecting the Queen to call me. But I currently, as you know, reside in England, still under house arrest. Uh, civilians call it lockdown, I call it under house arrest, and it's going to go on for a little while, I believe. When someone uh, said to me the other day, uh, Happy New Year, I said, yes, Happy New Year to you. But 2021, is COVID also celebrating Happy New Year? Because it's still very much around. To all my listeners all over the world, please stay safe and listen to your respective governments. I have a special guest. You know, one of the things I have been doing since my presidency, even before I became president, I had lots of people who uh, served me. And uh, this particular person, he's now a journalist, believe it or not. And he used to be a former houseboy. He was a houseboy of mine for many years when I was back in Nigeria. And one of the things I said I would do with my podcast is also to show how people have grown over the years. I educated him when he was a houseboy and he's now a fantastic journalist. Uh, with no further ado, I want to introduce you to Tunde Akiola. How are
1: you, Good evening, General or President, or bonjour. <laughs>
0: I am so pleased to see you. I am genuinely pleased because you have made so much progress. It's unbelievable. You Even when you did not believe in yourself, I believed in you. A former House boy is now a fantastic journalist. This is fantastic.
1: Thank you so much, my able dictator.
0: <laughs> how, how have you been since? Uh, it's amazing because I have to keep reminding myself. And this is 2021 rather than 2020. How have you been coping? How has your journalism career been affected by the lockdown?
1: Well, by the lockdown, I think um journalism is always either you go on fields to report or either you contact people to conduct interviews or you research to conduct um to actually write a feature article where you can like a documentary where you can talk about different issues, it might not even be news. So as a journalist, if you're not going out to write news, you probably need to use more of the internet, uh, you know, to just get news sources from available um, people around. So that's probably the the, the the future of journalism now. But we still have to go on site to see things to just report. And it depends on the kind of news you're covering too. So if you're in the health sector, COVID nineteen would make you go on the streets more probably visit the hospitals to just get numbers from the doctors, you know, with the rates and infection and death rates, so you can just inform the people properly, you know. But politics, you don't have to go anywhere. Even the EU summit, Brexit meetings, they've, they've been held over the phone, right? So COVID has really reduced human contact. Probably that's um, the main intention in the first instance.
0: But are you, are you busy as a result? Are you busy as a result of the lockdown?
1: Yes, you, you, you know, there are a lot of events coming at the moment. For for instance, we've been able to see that everything has become political, right? So if you see COVID-19, you can see how it is driving politics. You can see how it's driving economy, yeah? You can see how economy is driving politics. You can see how our religion is driving politics. So it then it brings us to what um, Socrates said, that man is a political animal, right? And if you're trying to study politics, you should know whatever happens, whatever has to do with one or two people you know, is highly political. So we live in the um, in the age where COVID nineteen has brought about the our awareness to how political we are and how these things affect us directly and indirectly. Right,
0: I have to agree with you, and I I can see that we're going to have a, a very lengthy discussion on. Uh, for me, one of the things I want to talk to you about is freedom of speech and how journalism, I think, uh, like it or not, is, is so confused. And my view is that some journalists are in the pockets of politicians talk less of not being able to portray dictators like me uh, very well. Um, but we will, we, will, we, will, we will touch on that as we, as we go along. So if you just remember what we're going to talk about is journalism and freedom of speech, that, that would be great. You mentioned uh, COVID and I have to say to you that as far as I am concerned, Tunde, COVID has really demonstrated how useless these democratic countries are, how hopeless they have been in terms of catering for their people. Because as far as I'm concerned, if you just close your eyes and just listen to how many people have died in the United States alone, talk less of the UK, You'd think that it was genocide, as far as I'm concerned. And how these human beings are so submissive, and I'm surprised there hasn't been a revolution in any of these countries at the moment.
1: So, um, to interject, you, my able dictator, my one and only authoritarian benevolent dictator in the world, it has not been able to be overthrown through a coup, you know, unless you step down for me. Like I yes, said. <laughs> yes, you have plans from former House boy to journalist <laughs> to, to... <laughs> You see, the issue of democracy, democracy hasn't be, hasn't been um, strong enough to curtail COVID-19 if we go by the guidelines WHO gave the world. So we see that democracy has to do with freedom. So you are not using democracy because you believe in force. So that's probably one of the reasons why we don't have COVID-19 in Lafayette Republic, because um, of the, the tyrannical regime of how you are you able to make them obey the laws, you know. But when you have lockdowns in a place like England, where people still have parties, people still have this and that, you know, then probably it will be difficult to contain the virus. So it's probably not the government, but probably the governance, the mode of governance where, that Allows liberty that doesn't even like China or Hong Kong or probably North Korea. You cannot you cannot um, disobey the government because you are aware of what they'll do to you. Yeah. But in England, you just pay 25 pound fine or probably they don't even do anything. So that, that democracy cannot contain COVID 19. It has to be strict. But then that's a that's a perspective. And that comes to another perspective that checks how real. Is this pandemic? Do we have a pandemic or we have a pandemic? Is this planned or is this actually a real occurrence? So if you talk to doctors, they'll tell you this looks like, you know, whoever says there's no coronavirus is probably not educated enough, right? But if you are talking about coronavirus, then you talk about COVID-19. So they are saying it's a different strain of coronavirus. So Talking about the death rate as well, the death is rate is not as high as um they would as the infection rate, you know. And if we see how we had 10 billion TB cases last year with 1.5 million death of tuberculosis, but the world did not go on lockdown, you know. So it becomes really, very disturbing that we have to we have to go on lockdown now that we are having um COVID-19 death rate that's well, even up to that of um tuberculosis of 2019. WHO declared. Um, COVID nineteen, um, tuberculosis is one of the most um infectious and deadliest diseases in the world, you know. But COVID nineteen is also on that level, but it's causing more political upheaval in the in the world than tuberculosis and other Ebola and other HIV and all those, well, you know, all those infections that are able to kill human beings. So these two perspectives makes it difficult to um, actually talk about how responsive the um, Western governments are. For instance, if you go to Africa, they are not doing anything and, and they are not dying still. Again, you know come about the um, discrepancies in numbers from NHS and ONS about people who have died of COVID-19, they don't tally. So how can that be possible if they are both governmental agents? So these are the issues on the ground. And this is what you call conspiracy theory, but when you have facts, you don't call facts theories, do you? So it,
0: it's really interesting. And thanks, thanks for your contributions on that. Uh, so that I'm very clear in my
1: mind, are you, is your school of thought pandemic or pandemic? Which one? My school of thought, I think um, there is a virus and always this, this virus has been around for ages. So it's not, it's not a new thing. And there are so many viruses that killed in England too, before this pandemic. People die of common flu every year in England. In Nigeria, as a matter of fact, they have 1 million death rates of malaria every year before COVID-19. Unfortunately, all these numbers have now been called COVID-19 related deaths, right? So all these moves should be disturbing to a normal human being, right? But when i now see how they ask you to wear face masks, to go to restaurants, to, you know, do all these things, there, there are a lot of things that don't make sense with the, with the guidelines they are giving. So and am talking about the vaccine again, you know, Too many, um, you know, they they are not transparent enough about how they've come about it, probably the side effects and this and that. So even the um, messenger RNA and different types of technology being used to produce it. So it's it's not, people are not really um, convinced that the government has their best interest at heart. So there's issue of pandemic, but in terms of pandemic, I think there's a virus, and I don't think there's a pandemic because if you check what we were shown on CNN, you know, and BBC at the at the wake of this pandemic, oh, and, uh, fake news,
0: fake news, but fake news.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So we were shown how we were dropping dead in China. We were shown how people were dying on the streets because of COVID nineteen. So, um, but i have not. I'm yet to see people drop dead even in America where they have over. Two hundred thousand dead, even in England, where they have over fifty thousand dead. I've not seen anybody dropping on the streets, so it's maybe you know that's just to show people that that was just superimposed on our impressions, just scare us and make us believe stupid laws, really.
0: Okay, a couple of points. Don't you think? For me, and I I appreciate your contributions, even though you, you one minute you you go down the pandemic route. And the next minute, you go down the pandemic route. Surely, this is all about information, especially in the West. There's too much freedom of speech. Everybody could just post anything, be it the pandemic or pandemic, be it about vaccine or the COVID, it's not happening. You know, people can protest. You know, the governments are so weak that they allow people to just express themselves. And that causes confusion. You must agree with me that information is not regulated in any shape or form. Anyone could wake up one morning and say, oh, I just had the vaccine and he gave me this and that. Someone picks it up and retweets it, even though it might not be true. And that's why I want us to focus, because I genuinely think that the journalists, all this, not because they don't report about me, that's a different thing entirely, They are also corporate. They have been involved in scaremongering. They write what they need to write based on the sponsorship, based on the affiliations that they have with the respective political parties. That is what I believe. That is my genuine belief, that information overload is what is creating the problem. And if you are a human being who doesn't have uh, an independent mind, you'll be swayed. It's like I remember when I was put put under house arrest. And I was told that people were rushing to go and buy toilet paper, you know, and they were rushing to buy toilet paper. And everybody, it, it was like a domino effect. Everybody started rushing to go and buy toilet paper.
1: And, you know, social media,
0: freedom of speech, you know, being able, this is why I, I, I do not, I do not uh, have time for journalists who have now become, they're not really journalists, I call them Political journalists, you know, they're in the pockets of politicians.
1: So um, it's very important we understand that we are in the age of misinformation and disinformation. So we are in the age where knowledge has expanded to the extent that you don't have to go to school to know a lot of things. You don't have to hone a degree to talk like a doctor and actually do what doctors do. You don't need to go to catering school to make a meal. All you, know, you have to go on, do go on YouTube to also, you know, find what you want to do, mm-hmm. or go on or any channel that talks about any anything, whatever interests you. You find yourself there. you can even go on virtual holiday right now where you wear screen that you see yourself in Miami or Barbados, wherever you want to be. So now the the um, the world we live in has changed a lot. So also. We should expect all everything to evolve as well. You know, everything changes because that, that's the only constant thing. Change is the only constant variable in life. So, when talking about information, you talk about how anybody can just go online and put rubbish out there, and everybody believes it, right? So, this gives the rise to massive misinformation of, you know, you twist the fact, you twist the truth, you, you even, people even have intention to educate people, but they are they are not um, in depth enough in their research to actually say the right thing. So these are the issues on ground. And all these issues on ground, we are able to see the effect the larger, the bigger picture is not, is very ugly, you know. So in terms of um, the media, it's always funny when Governments always talk about the media as if they don't own the media. The media is government-owned. Any media house, uh, for instance, if you talk about elitism, you know it's a pyramidal structure. So at the top you have the elites, and they are of different classes. You know they are journalists, you know who are elitists, like the New York Times and Co. You have um, the economists. You have you know the CNN. You also have military men are people like you at the at that echelon. You know when I now see the you know, bottom, that's where you see the masses and different types of people. But those at the top, that's where you see the media as well. They are part of the system. So the, you know, governments shouldn't be talking about the media because they 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 own the media. The media, they, they use the media to mind control people. So if you, if you, if you check the, the effect of media in um, communist China or as a matter of fact, in communism, one of the goals of communism is to brainwash you and, to do that through free education and free radio and TV. You know, check Nigeria. Our law was a communist, he gave you free education, It gave you free TV and it gave you free radio. Go and check Kwame Nkrumah, go and check um, Russia under Stalin, go and check under Lenin, go and check Fidel Castro. You must have a propaganda, you know, you must have a model, a model where you stop people, you know. As a matter of facts, propaganda began from the Catholic Church. You know, the Pope can talk to all the Catholic, all, all the followers, between, you know, at once. So you, you can see the effect of communication, right? So now, what you communicate matters too. But you can't now, you can't say because of disinformation, now say you want to curtail communication or information, you know, entirely. No, you can't just take that away from people because it's a right of human beings to communicate. and um. Yeah, I understand. We live in a world where people say things that you know confuse people or, or offend people. Um, then you you we're talking about tolerance, about living together without offending others. So we probably have to drop things. So we just start to be politically correct, you know. Well, these are the things that lead to thought police, where you don't even people, people don't even want you to say what 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 you have on your mind, and because you don't want to offend people, then you live in a prison, you know. That's just the effects of you know when you see 1984 by George Orwell, you know, it's how the dystopian society it described. You know, it's how it, where we you know tend to go towards if we live our life based on fear mongering and scare and not being able to express ourselves whenever we want to because of people like you who are interested to control the minds of people, right? So as a journalist, I'm not on the side of journalism that we have today that lies to people through fake news. Yes, they are controlled by the elite, like I said earlier. So they can't even be on the side of the people. They are just on their own side and trying to, you know, be in between. But I think they are owned by the elite. So I think that's if, if you if you take for example if you censor social media, you are not censoring CNN, you are not censoring BBC, you are still censoring normal human beings who like people who just see facts and reports online. You know, those are the most credible these days. If you want to see things on Twitter. All you have to do is type a topic you that comes to your mind on the search, and it gives you every tweet about that topic. Then you can decide to choose if you want to believe whatever they are saying or not. But if you have to go to a link from BBC on Twitter that shows you the website of BBC, that's where you have mind control. That's where you have stories written by those who have had 50-year experience of writing, and they know how to affect your emotion, right? They know how to... They know how to brainwash you. They know how to show you what you know. That's that, that's what journalism is all about in this world. But it doesn't change the fact that journalists still write the truth, right? But again, they might not be on the biggest platforms. They might not be on your New York Times or on your mm-hmm. Sky News. But you just know. But those who want to see the truth ourselves, well, they know it's very very tiny. Before you see, I mean, I mean, you have um, slim chances to get the truth, you know. Mm-hmm. So you, you 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 also know that. So you
0: you are you are
1: a, a journalist
0: that speaks the truth.
1: Um, I think my work should speak for me. <laughs> okay.
0: okay, okay, cool. You know, uh, today you've made some really valid points. But actually, when you describe listening to you about democracy and the links with uh, journalism, it is clear to me that it's almost is almost. A, 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 I, I see them flirting with dictatorship because if you are telling me because I know, for example, when you well, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, let me finish. Hold on, for example, Sky News. Why do you have Sky News? I and i am only just because I've been under house arrest and I get to watch TV every fifteen minutes. Sky News regurgitates the same news every fifteen minutes.
1: Because repetition is the best way to brainwash people, yeah? When you repeat something, it becomes the truth in your exactly. mind, right?
0: So, so, so why, why, why do they then give dictators a bad name? Because they're doing the same thing. They have their exactly. own propaganda.
1: The problem with democracy is, democracy is not a destination. Whoever is a political analyst knows that they're, they're on the spectrum. Democracy is a journey and it's an evolution, right? So from the left to the right, to, so when you we, we, we get to the center, where you have a mixture of both left and right, you know it doesn't stop there. It moves towards communism. So democracy paves the way for fascism. Yeah. Democracy paves the way for, you know, authoritarian people like Donald Trump. Democracy paves the way for people like, you know, Buari Nigeria, even people like you democracy, failure of democracy and laughter made you overthrow the corrupt government then way back. So uh, when you see talking about democracy, democracy is just a myth, just like whoever is linked with democracy. Uh,
0: yeah, I, like it, it is obvious that you served me well as a, as a housewife because these were the things we spoke about many, many years ago. Um, you, you know, you were talking about laughter in public and in terms of where we are in terms of uh, COVID. I would admit because I like speaking the truth, that we did have one person who had COVID, but he was shot immediately. And as soon as he was shot, that was it. Nobody could spread the whole thing. And Laughter Republic has been on lockdown since I took over power, even before COVID, you know, because it's really- (laughs) You're always on lockdown. (laughs) Always, we have been on lockdown since, since I took over power, 11 years ago. And we are doing some really fantastic work. I mean, and I believe only if the West, because I think they're flirting with dictatorship, only if they were both. I mean, look at let's let's talk about America as an example. And I know I'm still a bit confused because I'm not sure whether you are friends with Donald Trump or not, because you've mentioned him several times. Look at the state of America and the way it is, and who knows what will happen on the 6th of January. But And what really frustrates me is Donald has my number. If he wanted to overturn the elections, who is the first person you should talk to i have had experience of overturning elections? He has really messed up and left it so late, so late in the day. We'll see what happens. I know your views are different. We'll see what happens on
1: the think. I think you... You are the one who did not manage your relationship with Donald Trump properly. When he killed the general, the Iranian general, on the third of January, that was when you were meant to have, you know, made him know that yes, I support this. But then you were messing with um, people like um, Boris Johnson. you thought that would those people they couldn't help you. That was why Donald Trump ignored you. I I would, I would
0: not, I would not support today. I would not support. A civilian president taking out a military man? No way! I will not support that in any shape or form. We generals, we stand together. We stand, and you know that we stand together. It's confusing what you say about. Uh, I don't know where you got your. You see, this is all about misinformation. It's confusing what you talk about. Uh, I wasn't supporting Boris Johnson. In short, he has put me under house arrest. I have been under... This is the first time a civilian prime minister has put a military man yeah, under house arrest.
1: There was a picture of you and Boris Johnson at the EU summit. Uh, we were wondering what an African leader would be doing at the EU summit. So we thought that was where you went to, you know...
0: No, I, I went there because my view is that Britain is now disadvantaged as a result of uh, not being part of the EU. And we African countries, we have been disadvantaged as a result of Britain being part of the EU. So it was my opportunity to go and press some flesh with all the other 27 countries that they've got to listen to our concerns in Africa. But that is a different matter entirely. We need. I want That's us to focus
1: how can Laughter Republic help? Because Britain seems to be in a very serious political instability at the moment coming from the death from COVID-19 mm-hmm. and the issue from Brexit and they are also in recession. How can a stable government like LaFTA helping and help you know, because again, EU they're unable to help them at this point because there's no deal, you know, of sort. So how can they how can, how can they how can you work with Britain on this? Are you, I, are I you, genuinely, I genuinely you, believe... I, I beg, would you like to annex Britain to laughter, or?
0: Wait, wait. You see, I am a benevolent dictator, you know, even though before, but, because what I haven't explained to you is that I was on a state visit to see the Queen, and then uh, I started uh, uh, talking to, you know, delivering speeches with a number of people outside, outside London. Um britain is not ready for dictatorship you know because i don't support democracy i see democracy as a virus but however i honestly do not believe that britain has the right person to unite the country you know scotland wants to brexit or scottish whatever you want to call it the northerners are unhappy welsh is unhappy northern ireland are unhappy what i am suggesting needs to happen Is Because I I care for the country after spending so many years, you know, it's not that I don't, it's not like I haven't tasted power, you know, Uh, but I genuinely believe that the country needs to find a leader who can unite, whether that leader is someone who is in the military, but there needs to be some kind of commission, a unity commission, where the levers and the remoners or the remainers, come together, let them air their grievances. Because I tell you this much, the rate at which food banks are uh, expanding in the UK, it is only a matter of time. If they do not get their act together, it's only a matter of time that UNICEF, yeah, we will have adverts of English children hungry on UNICEF on Sky. So to answer your question, Britain is not ready for dictatorship yet. However, I am prepared to talk to the Queen and to offer some kind of solution because, you know, it has to happen because we are a republic. So there are issues already. So it's not just about democracy. It's also about the royal family. We Republicans, we do not recognize the royal family.
1: So, um, the real family, uh, are you saying they should do, they should um, uh, cancel the real family? Is that.
0: I am suggesting that what Britain needs is if you can have a queen who has been on throne for 60 years, you also need a political leader who dies in office. Mm. That's what needs to happen. Because, you see, the thing with democracy, my friend, Tunde, is that there is never, ever any stability. Let me tell you, NHS is an example. The Labour come in, they say they want to sort out the NHS. Five years down the line, they still haven't sorted out the NHS. The Tories come in, they say they're going to... You see, the next election, general election, there will be something about the NHS. There will be something about education. And they have been going on about this for so many years. Nobody can sort anything out. They are not capable of sorting anything out.
1: So the problem with democracy to me, I think it's not the system of government itself. I think it's the operator of government. Yeah. And there, there's no good or bad system, right? I think it is the operator. Now you, you, when you think about um, um, military rulers, you can go to Africa and see the likes of Thomas Sankara. Right, it's a, it's where intelligent military officers, people mm-hmm. who are the best interests at heart, right? Mm-hmm. And if you talk about um, democracy, you, all, you can also go to the likes of um, Idi Amin. You know, it meant well initially before the whole thing turned upside down and it became a beast. You know, mm-hmm. you can also go to other countries where they had um, military rulers. You can also go to um, Nigeria under Gowon, where. Um, before the war, Nigeria experienced wealth and, you know, everything was, mm-hmm. yeah, there are some reservations about how we left Nigeria, but you can still say things are not really um, degenerated to this level right now. So now that's some good part of um, military rule. Now, when you talk about the bad part of military rule, you start from Buhari in Nigeria, how it did not do anything it got in 1983. He was able to get the country indebted it's he he had to deport over 2 million Ghanaians you know from Nigeria he did a lot of things that mm-hmm. actually made the world to wonder what kind of animal was this you know mm-hmm. he, he tried to kidnap Umaru Diko from Britain in a you know he tried to he he, he squandered the foreign policy, the image of Nigeria, you know, the, the Nigeria had to be banned from coming to UK without visa from that time since that day. So that way, that's, that's, that's one person, right? When you see the same person as a civilian ruler, is still doing the same thing where the soldiers went to kill like 300 people in a day and he yeah. still denying it. That was like a couple of years ago. Even right now, the NSAS protesters, they still went to kill some of them and they are still denying it. So there's no, it's not about the different the the mode of government it's about the people in government i understand some mode of governance give room for nonsense and give rooms for just like democracy is a typical example of a mode of governance that gave rooms for nonsense you know because wherever the majority of people rule then there's bound to be problem because in most cases majority of people are not right yeah
0: because as far as i'm concerned you know, and thanks for that uh, analysis from Africa to the West. People are genuinely unhappy. I I tweeted the other day that a lot of people are unha- Why did you think? Because you you I have to uh, let's not get carried away, yeah? Because you you called me a general, you called me a president, an African dictator, but you know that. I am creating my own world because I have been so disillusioned with the countries I have lived in since I've been on Earth, be it Nigeria or Britain. They're not helping their people, and that's why I created this country called um, Laughter Republic. I genuinely believe that it's it's the it's the people in power and their institutions they protect themselves rather than people. They Lack empathy, they lack leadership. As far as I'm concerned, no matter whichever country you're in, wherever democracy is being practiced, it is a lie. There's no democracy. They really are saying that we offer you the opportunity to vote, and that is it. But once you vote, they can easily you turn on policies and procedures. And you know, we could we could debate this for for well over uh, forty minutes because. You have someone like, as you said, Buhari, who in 1983 committed all sorts, and then he's now president, and he has got, he has got a second term. And I remember when I was back uh, in England, and when he had his um, uh, first campaign, and how people were rejoicing, and, you know, we, it's Buhari we won. People have forgotten what he actually did. People forgot, and that is, what, and that, that is the flaws of democracy. People but don't also,
1: remember.
0: Uh, no, they don't remember. They were not no, even born. They
1: were not good even good 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 good. born. Good Jonathan has become a saint now.
0: Of course. Yes. They have forgotten all the atrocities under good luck. And now he's become, I, I read some of his tweets and I'm saying, wow, if, if he, he has been saved, if he was a Christian, I'd say he's been saved. The good Lord has <laughs> saved him. <laughs> forgiving <laughs> him. Yeah forgiving him for all his sins <laughs> yeah and all of a sudden he has saved Nigeria because he reluctantly handed over power to Buhari
1: and you know what, what but anyway and nice he, and he got an award for that and he got an award and now what you doing? What you doing? I, I,
0: I won't be surprised if he comes says he wants to run again and he wins
1: yeah they're pushing him again to run
0: yeah yeah they're saying yeah pushing him just like Trump will come back in four years' time.
1: Uh, th- th- that is one thing you keep saying that whenever you say that, the in four years' time, Trump is continuing his administration. Look, and-
0: look, look, look. look. I, let me just tell you one thing right now. America, in a way, the state that it is at the moment, my friend, you just have to close your eyes with all the things that have been happening over the last... I can't believe it that he hasn't even considered...
1: That's the point. I so that's, what, it. that's what happened in the history of America where you have an election lasting for weeks that they don't even have conclusions. Ghana. And Ga- they, even after electoral college, the president is still not proceeding. <laughs> right, Ghana. Ghana concluded his elections peacefully. You know, despite all the normal... They, they wanted to go to the American way initially. They they, yeah. they, they wanted to go the American way initially. But well, you realize that okay, we but don't know is, what's it, happening. But it
0: is ridiculous for you to say. You know, this is what's so funny about it is you are saying they want to go the American way rather than the African way because it used to be the African way. Lots the of American African. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they want to go to the American way, but they have to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I keep and I keep saying to people that you know I wish I really honestly I I really wish I was in power because some of these African leaders that we've got are so hopeless and useless because this was the opportunity for Africa to position itself, to say, okay, fine, we will send election observers from Africa to come and, you know, help you out. Yes.
1: Unfortunately, the, uh, uh, President, I think Americans have given African leaders weapons of war. Of course. Look,
0: we are... We, we
1: are We are in a very, in a very unique position because at the moment, uh, next this year twenty twenty one, the any election that takes place in America, in Africa, they can always use America as a yardstick. No,
0: come on, look how long, look how. The best way to describe American election is a woman who wants to go into labor but cannot have the child. Even the epidural is not working. In the no, epidural is not, it's not working. So you might have to operate to get the baby out. It is, it is, it is unbelievable. I
1: mean... Now, no, no. you have a situation, sorry, where, where you have Kamala Harris, who is a yes. vice president-elect of mm-hmm. Biden, mm-hmm. and you have the Biden as well. Well, you know Kamala Harris is a senator. Mm-hmm. So if Electoral College... Certifies you as a president elect. Mm-hmm. Why the hell haven't you resigned your seat as a senate? Because you are not sure. Because you are aware of what happened. That is the, that can be the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought. I thought. No. I
0: thought. I thought they
1: they found someone who can succeed her. But she has not resigned that post. When she resigns that post, there will need to be an election. Right. Okay, so maybe what I will do actually after
0: this interview, I'm going to write to her and ask her why she hasn't resigned. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think um, you ask her why she hasn't resigned because that, you know that you know, it's beginning to look like um like autocracy that you know you know.
0: But I don't, you... I don't look. But I, what I don't seem to understand, I can I don't see how, I don't see how America can survive. Come sixth of January. And the, are you familiar with the, with the,
1: with the electoral system, the electors? Because- yeah, so in America, what happens is the Electoral College certifies um, Biden, right? So, mm-hmm. but at the moment, what happened? they are still, the, the swing states, they are still having unresolved issues with if Biden won all of them or not. Because mm-hmm. the fact that he won all of them was concerned, was disturbing. How can you win all of the swing states? So now there are these are there are some five to six states that in the Texas lawsuit, right? So the Texas lawsuit was thrown away by the Supreme Court, not because of the details in it not being true, but because they are saying Texas does not have the local standing to file that case. So um, Texas lawsuit is what will be debated on the sixth. By the time the senators who are coming out. Right now, saying they are going to object, that um, all the lawmakers saying they are going to object the electoral because you, they, are, they are going to meet on the on the on the sixth to to um, approve the electoral college results, the the Congress. Mm-hmm. So, that what's going to happen right now is they are going to object that result. So, and they will ask them why. So they will submit the Texas lawsuit, which has a lot of evidences for them. So if they can cancel all the states at the parliament, they would have to vote again at the parliament, I mean, at the, at the Congress. And nobody would want to vote for someone that's got so much debt on him because they were, they're going to expose all these things. They have all the evidence in the lawsuit. You know, the Supreme Court kept throwing Trump's cases away. They never reviewed any of them. They never, they saw it, but they did not attend to them because they, just, they were just throwing them on different grounds, on different, you know, inconclusive, different grounds. They never addressed the things he was saying. But
0: what I didn't seem to understand as well is how he appointed these Supreme Court judges and they-, they It doesn't are...
1: matter because in America, they have nine Supreme Court judges, right? So you need five of them to be on your side. Again, these are people who there's control in the whole legal career of its own. So the control in a only good career of its own is like a, as a former as a soldier you you have this uh, feeling of being a soldier with the former with the fellow soldier. When you say politician, you probably be with that, right? So also, I don't want to believe. I'm just assuming now. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that is just what is going on between uh, among the the law among the um, Supreme Court Supreme Court um, judges and everything. But Donald Trump doesn't depend on them, unfortunately. <laughs> Donald Trump. Donald Trump depends on politics. Donald Trump depends on his guys, his senators. It depends on the military. It depends on 75 million American patriots. So if at the moment America is on a time bomb, if Joe Biden wins this election, those Trump people are going to cause war. If Donald Trump wins this election, BLM and Antifa are going to cause war. So, however you want to see it, I've told my siblings that America to be preparing for. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> I, I,
0: and on that note, I, I, you know, we, have been talking in laughter republic. What could we do for America? So, if there are any American refugees, uh, <laughs> we, will, we will bring them into laughter republic. We'll bring them. into yeah. republic.
1: You, 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 them, you allow them. We allow them. We will yeah. allow them.
0: All they need to do is just pledge allegiance to me and, you know, not do the same that they've done to Trump or to Biden. But, mm-hmm. you know, our subject matter is freedom of speech. And, you know, my late, and, and thank you for talking about my late father, Idi dada who was misunderstood by the West, mm-hmm. totally misunderstood by the West. And he was the sort of person who said, and he was right that, uh, yes, there's freedom of speech, but when you give the speech, there is no freedom. Mm-hmm. And for me, um. The because I currently am based in the United Kingdom, and I hear this talk about freedom of speech. You should be allowed people to say what they need to say, and blah blah. blah, And then people are against it. In my view, just like we are recording this podcast, I'm not editing anything out because you know I've learned that you know just let people say what they have to say. No edit, we publish it. But. On a serious note, Tunde, I think freedom of speech does not work. It confuses the issue. People need to be contailed. People need to shut their mouths up. There are too many people who say things they're not experts on. That is my problem. They just say things, and there are sheep, people who are just sheep, who will listen to what they say, retweet, regurgitate, and it causes confusion. Let me give you an example. People will say that China is not a very good example in terms of freedom of speech. But look at what happened. New Year's Eve. I tweeted about it. New Year's Eve. We know the virus came from Wuhan. Yeah, I'm not going to call it the Chinese virus. It came from Wuhan. We know that for a fact. New Year's Eve was packed out in Wuhan celebrating New Year's Eve. See photos of other Western countries, the streets are empty, empty. I don't know if you have anything to say as a journalist on that, but I blame I blame journalism. I blame journalists all over the world. Just like you were talking about mind control, freedom of speech is mind control. Journalists have not been responsible in speaking the truth. Now, why, why? Let me finish. Let me finish. Why do you have? Because as far as I'm concerned, journalists should not be biased. Yeah, but what we do know, I can speak for, the. I know which political party sponsors certain newspapers. I know the owners sponsor certain political parties. Why do you have that division?
1: And you call it journalism.
0: Journalism is supposed to be, so it's supposed to be biased, not biased, not biased, just, you know.
1: Yeah, so, so the thing is, um, um, objectivity as a school of thoughts had been debunked by many schools of journalism because we know it's un- impossible for you to be non-biased as a writer mm-hmm. or as a journalist. Number one. Number two is there's something called Operation Mockingbird. Operation Mockingbird used was called a conspiracy theory, but at some point CIA had to declassify they are classified files that's, okay. that that concerns about the operation of Operation Mockingbird.
0: Sorry about that. that. That was just probably someone trying to assassinate me in
1: here. But go on. Yeah, so Operation Mockingbird was focused on the media. Was a CIA operation focused on the media, aimed at controlling all the media outlets in America directly and indirectly, all the major outlets. They were trying to be bought, honed and controlled by the CIA. So the success of Operation Mockingbird, that was around 1947, the success of Operation Mockingbird will be reassessed by the time after all what Americans believe is a lie. Mm-hmm. Then they will assume the operation has succeeded according to the CIA sources. So. When you now see, that's why you see right now, you see newspapers giving you the same headlines. You see news channels telling you the same things every 15 minutes, mm-hmm. right? So this is from the same you die, that's why you see all the media houses being owned by three to four people who are friends or probably blood yeah, related, right? Definitely. That's, what, that's why you can see, you can actually, actually trade the link of these people to the CIA or to all these different Organizations that's probably they call the round table conference. I mean, I mean the, the the round table group that consists all the globalists, agenda, and different types of um, people running the world. And, and yeah, people like you would not be invited because you are not democratic. But if you know the meeting I'm talking about, then you see how um, <laughs> then you see how um, media is being controlled and the purpose of media. There's nothing wrong about the media because you can't just take away the good side of media. But when, just like science, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing wrong with science. But when science is being used to further a philosophical point of view, there's a problem. That's when you have to made, you are being made to believe science, right? There's, a, there's, there's nothing wrong with the media. But when media is being used to control minds, when you repeat things, when you focus on issues that you're not meant to focus on to drive an agenda, when you try to Um, do things like um, you know when you take sides for instance and you are not balancing reports you are going to mind control people even if you are not doing that deliberately but you are aware of how the media works you are aware of the magic you know in the media so when i say magic magic in, in the literal sense and in the you know in the other sense you want to see it because there's nothing the, the, there's no way I would have explained you knowing all the things that Jonathan did a couple of years ago and now you are seeing him as a messiah because some people who are trying to champion an agenda so the media is able to blind people so that is magic in, in, in however you want to define magic to me so now when the people in charge of this um, paraphernalia and these tools and they should be people who are morally upright? Not like them being born again Christians, but I think they should be able to focus on what is right, what is professionally right. So you don't, uh, you don't, you don't, don't bend the rules. Again, human beings—that's probably flaws, but that is the problem of the media, controlled by the CIA, and the agenda of the CIA is what you see in every media house today. It's not—it's not just now. It started in in the in the forties. And it was an aggressive campaign. You can do you can do a research on oppression Mockingbird, I think 47. Yeah. yeah,
0: I've heard about it. So yeah. there is so, there
1: isn't so it's, it's, it's fake
0: to say there's freedom of speech
1: because there isn't. There's no freedom of speech because as journalists, when you go out to write, your editor edits what you're writing because your editor yeah. is probably a keeper for one big firm. So you'll be edited, right? So mm. wherever you so wherever it doesn't go down well with him, probably you, you can even cast your headline to Make something else, and that's still part of the mind control. You know, you okay. can still. That's why you read headlines, and you don't even see the story in the headline. You know, these are the issues on the ground, these are the things people deal with when it comes to journalism. But it's not the problem. It's not the fault of journalists. It's not the fault of people trying to make a living. It's the fault of people who control. The, so, so you, you can't really treat, um, cure a disease by treating symptoms without, without, without trying to find cure the cause of, of the of the disease. No, you're just trying to you know why the you know, wild goes change that you know, eventually.
0: No, this this has been really, really interesting. Um one of the things I want you to consider, Tunde, I know you work for other press agencies, is um for I, I need to get my message out to these Western countries because they are one not reporting about my presidency, and number two, um when they do report they say things that are not entirely correct um and i have been looking you don't have to answer now i have been looking for uh you know a director of communications to work with me and uh, you 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 you're smiling so we we can talk offline uh, and off this podcast i i genuinely want to offer you this role because <laughs> i think you are... Uh, uh, I think you can you can get my message across in a way that uh, my previous directors of communication, because we are doing some really fantastic things. I mean, we have no COVID deaths apart from the person who got shot, and we still haven't got any report. Even when we talk about countries that have been successful in eradicating COVID, it's New Zealand that you hear about, or Taiwan. You never hear about la Republic. So. I need a good man who can work with me, who understands what it's like to work with a dictator, clear communication strategy. And I believe you can do it, but you you don't have to answer now, but I'm sure you weren't expecting... I
1: will mean, give you... See, it's called under-reporting, yeah? That's where you see the media does not say anything good about Donald Trump. For the past four years, Donald Trump had been on the media onslaught, like... They had been crucified every day of the of the week, twenty four hours a day. Well, that's because that's because he, because he, that's because he went to war with with, with the media. Now, now, now huh? but Donald Trump now knows that he is his own media. Then, if you want to know anything, you go to his Twitter account. Yeah, and that is that's, <laughs> that's, that's... <laughs> no. So if, if you want to say anything. He doesn't need to call the video out, He will go to his Twitter and say it because this video would have to go there to find what he's saying. So, 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 are you are you
0: are you turning me down in terms of my offer as director not, of communications? I'm not,
1: I'm, not turning, I'm not turning. Well, if I want to work with the military dictator, then oh yeah you know it's still I'm, I'm still within the i'm still within the system i'm a, i'm i'm a, i say i'm a passport of laughter republic i'm still i'm still a citizen of laughter republic
0: okay we will we will we will talk we will talk, we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it has been a very interesting uh conversation we yeah you
1: know, thank I'm, you. I'm really
0: pleased in terms of your personal growth you never used to talk to me like this when you were My houseboy. So I am really (laughs) pleased today that you are. You're a man of knowledge and 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 you know what is actually uh, going on. Do you have any questions for me at all? Uh, Because what is really odd about what we've done today is I have almost, even though I hate them, I don't hate you, but I've almost behaved like a journalist asking you questions on my podcast.
1: So uh, just one question. Just one question from you. So um. As journalists, you know you are trained to ask questions right so but well, one of the beauty of asking questions is or one of the one of the things about asking questions is you get the truth from dictators like you when you don't ask them questions when you have a conversation with them, so they say things without you asking and you know and it flows and you know they're not lying to you, so I'm able to get five-page material from everything we've said without even asking questions but i would like to know going forward what is the plan for what's the budget in laughter republic how are, how have you been maintaining the budget that you the, you have not been borrowing from imf how have you done it you know that's something that i would really commend you for and i also like to ask questions about all the white elephant projects in laughter republic how are you able to make sure you complete this project before before you get overthrown? Because the Catherine laughter seems, you know, um, <laughs> shaky at the moment.
0: So <laughs> I, think, I think you probably have mixed us up with some other <laughs> fictional countries. Let me start by saying, you talk about white elephants. You are not being truthful in any shape or form. Look at that project behind you. Look at the Obonjo Bridge that we... <laughs> Yeah, look at the Abundant Bridge that we built. We think the Abundant Bridge
1: is a white elephant project. No, it isn't.
0: It's not a white elephant project, but you want to portray that as a white elephant project. It is not. <laughs> Point number two I am not very popular with IMF and World Bank. As you know, Tunde, we print our own money with my face on it. So we, you know, there's no need for us to borrow. When we are running out of money, well, the only thing that has affected us is the foreign aid money we used to get from all these Western countries. Because they are now plagued and infested nations, They are uh, because I know Britain made an announcement recently that uh, foreign aid, they're going to reduce it and not give certain countries... Laughter, even though they never reported it, but Laughter Republic was getting, getting some money from Britain. And a lot of these Western countries have refused to give us any foreign aid. And I think this is all part of jealousy. So we have found other ways. And we are going to... Uh, I just recently appointed a director of refugee. Uh, he's heading our commission. And we want to bring expats. You know, people are unhappy with their governments. I've already offered Americans the opportunity to, to come and join us as refugees. So we will take refugees from all over and they will come and invest in our country. You know, and you know, we don't have oil. What we have is comedy gold. You know, that is one of many reasons why America has not invaded us. That's one of many reasons why China is not interested in La Republic because we have no oil. We've got comedy gold. So we are buoyant. But um, you and I still need to talk because you've asked me the right questions. But I, I will deny whether we have any elephant projects. The last um, amount of money I got from Britain, because um, one of my sons bought a, a few Lamborghinis, the press said that that was money from the foreign aid. Just totally caught swallowed. I mean, how could... The Daily Mail uh, published a story about a fictional country. That's fake. You know, we do not exist. And they still <laughs> produced, yeah, a story, a two-page story about a president who got some money from Britain and his son bought some Lamborghinis. You know, so, look, uh, Tunde, it has been a pleasure. I want to hear from you again in terms of the opportunity that I have offered you because... Yes. Um, Outside, yeah yeah so you, I will let you let me know talk to my people whether you're interested. listeners, I hope you have enjoyed what has uh, it was serious in some um, occasions of our debate but I hope we have been able to enlighten you and you don't have to be white to talk about the Western politics of, uh, of the world. Uh, Chun has done pretty well as a former house boy. Uh, We will publish this soon. Uh, Thank you so much. It's the first day of the year. Like I said, and I will repeat myself, if you're a laughter Republican, you are not allowed to leave the house. You can only leave the house on uh, the 25th of January, which is when we will celebrate my birthday. Apart from that day, you are not allowed to leave the house. Please obey the orders and please... Whatever we do, we are going to have lots of nationals coming from all over the world who have been granted refugee status. Embrace them. Don't be racist towards them. Let's show them that we are a wonderful and beautiful country. So, thank you so much. And today, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, stay blessed, you wonderful people. We're
1: out. Yeah, thank you. All right, bye. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. This show is part of Pedomity. The Podcast Comedy Network. We're the best kept secret on A-Cast. Why not laugh at what else we've got? Check out Podomity.com now.